This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. And uh, yeah, man, thanks so much for being a Wondery Plus subscriber. We really, really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed our last episode, which was completely off the rails. We'll try to keep it a little bit on the rails tonight. (laughs) I mean, no promises, but we'll try. I will just say that I'm not feeling particularly amped up in a way that feels off the rails. It feels like normal amped up. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll take that. We're okay with that. Yeah. Um, So what is going on? Uh, Not a lot. I I have decided a third time's a charm, and I'm going to try to get another contractor in here. Oof. And... This one sounds dope already for for one simple reason. It is a brother and sister team. Yes. There will be a woman on the premises. Are they twins? No. No. Okay, they're just brother and sister. Just brother and sister. Okay. And they've got they've this built this business for a long ass time. Cool. And they are very professional and they have a big old team and it seems like they can do what I need mm-hmm. with minimal issue i explained what my previous issues were with the last two contractors i had my favorite thing in the world is when somebody asks like well who did you use and you tell them and they're like oh no (laughs) yeah how ominous wish i would have called you first (laughs) the reputation preceded those assholes um but i just feel already they haven't even started to work at this house and i feel very comforted by the fact that they could. And that makes me feel better overall. Like I could actually live in in comfort. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my kitchen countertops were installed. Fantastic. I know. I saw mean, pictures. Thank you. Thank you. Which means I now have a sink and a dishwasher, which were previously unable to be installed until the countertops arrived. Uh, and let me tell you that doing dishes is a joy. Yeah. And being able to cook is a joy. Yeah, it's so funny. I actually talked about you the other day because I am possibly sticking my head out again <gasps> at the housing market. Um, I talked to a new realtor the other day mm. who was recommended by like 30 of my friends. <laughs> um, I was like, well, I got to talk to this guy. And, you know, we just had a little chat just about things. And, you know, he was kind of asking me those, like, exploratory questions of, like, so what are you really looking for? Are you, you know, would you be open to, like, fixing something up? I was like, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) I was like, my, you know, I was like, my business partner, there's 80-something episodes of a podcast that we've done 
that are all reasons to not renovate. (laughs) And you should listen to those and you will understand why I feel so strongly about this. And he was like, got it. And I was like, she's been washing her dishes in a bathroom sink for a fucking year. I cannot do that. And he was like, absolutely not. Yes. He was like, it's, that is a common nightmare scenario for renovators. So, yeah. I mean, I would say that, for you personally, just because as someone who knows you, you want to renovate by choice, not because you can't live otherwise. Like if you move into a place and you're like, you live there for a few months and you're like, you know what? I don't really like these cabinets. Go ahead and renovate. Yeah. Get some new cabinets. Knowing yeah. it's going to take nine months, but that within that nine, that nine months, you still have a place to put your fucking dishes. Right. Yeah, and plus, I I gotta be honest with you, like it, my like I'm okay with like painting mm-hmm. and maybe putting up some shelves or something, but like when it comes to like gutting entire rooms, Mm-mm. changing up plumbing, that stuff makes me very nervous, and so I'm like, I I don't think I could do that. I think no, even if I really did not like the kitchen cabinets, I'd be like, guess what? I guess I'm keeping these. <laughs> country fucking wood shingle shits because i am terrified to do a project (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be the the fucking berenstein bears in here forever and i'm just gonna deal with it i guess i'm dealing with this uh i'll keep this cabbage patch kids uh or this garbage pail kids sticker border like that bus driver used to have (laughs) for some reason they put this up in the kitchen i'm keeping it I don't know why they mod podged all these fucking gar- these garbage pill kids to the cabinets in the kitchen, but these shits are staying, I guess. I'll just work around it. I'll work around it. <laughs> I, I will say this. You have an incredible eye, and I think you are great at decorating. You are great at making a space yours, and you do not have to go through the hell of renovation in order to have that. So I am with you on this journey. I'm glad you're sticking your neck back out. And a turnkey is great. Can I ask you this? Oh, my God. Now that we're on the design tip. Mm. Okay. I'm very curious about this because you live in a like a farm. You live like on a farm, basically, right? Yeah. So are you the type of person that knowing that you live on a farm, are you decorating your place as a, is it your style or is it the style that's appropriate for the abode? Do you know what this I'm saying? This is an, an excellent question. I've asked myself this question a lot and it's a mix of both. Um, okay. I definitely designed the kitchen to be more in line with the farminess of the house. Got it. Thankfully, I like a lot of those elements. So I love a farmhouse sink. I love a butcher block countertop. Like that all made sense in terms of like, this is my style but it's just this room. Um, Mm -hmm. But the rest of the house, I will say, is just flat out my style, which is not farmy. Um, It's a little more modern. Yes. And I think the look is cool. So I'm trying to keep like, I'm trying to divide it in that the structure of the house stays true to what it is. Right. But the style of the house is mine. So when it comes to like, putting up doors and shit like i love a farmhouse door that's fine that'll look great in some some spaces 
Mm-hmm. But I'm not above doing an arch. I'm not above doing something that just makes sense to me. So I think that it's it's going to be a weird and cool house because it's definitely going to be a mix of both. And when it comes to like tile and faucets and like fixtures and shit like that, absolutely not farmy. I am upgrading the fuck out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 so curious about that because so I mean, I'll just say it right now. Like California that the style of homes in California are very pleasing to yes. my sensibilities. I love like Spanish what is it like a Spanish revival or whatever mm-hmm. Spanish colonial that like all of that stuff. I love so much. And I also love like very like modern kind of mid-century, but like more bohemian. Like I love that vibe. Yes. And that is like California style. Absolutely. So when I was out there, I was just drunk with that (laughs) ambiance. I was like, oh my God, I fucking love all all of the architecture and I love the tile roofs and it's beautiful. And then I moved back to Georgia, and it's this whole other style. And I got to say, it's kind of this, like, it's like the prevalent style. Like, all the homes look like fucking, like, I don't know how to describe this. Like, I keep thinking Father John Misty or something. It's like, (laughs) like, like fucking hipster preachers. Like it's hipster preacher shit. Like it's like weird <laughs> farmhouses, but like black, like oh a God. black farmhouse or like, oh you know, country shit, but like a little goth or something. And I'm just like, right. I hate all this, right? Yeah. Like I, I hate whatever this is. And, you know, I think, I don't know what style, I don't know what style it is, but um, all I keep thinking is like, the, the lead singer of The Walkman and Father John Misty, like, the Lumineers, I don't know who the fuck that band is, but I'm just saying the words. Um, so oh there's God. this moment where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go and look for these houses, and I can already tell, like, mm-hmm. all the shit is going to be that style. Like, even when you look at stuff, like, on HomeSnap or Zillow, and you're looking at photos of the interiors, you're like... Why the fuck we got a fucking pocket barn door up in here? Like, this is (laughs) fucked up. And no way, you know. This is why you you got to get into a little reno. Like, you can still make it yours. Yeah. You got to ignore all that shit, all that fucking Instagram, put a pumpkin on a chair on your porch (laughs) with the word loves cry cut on it every fall. (laughs) You got to push that shit aside and just be like, what does this doorway look like and how can I make it mine? Yeah, and, and and that's so that's what I'm curious because I'm like, a lot of the houses around here are like kind of bungalow style, like kind yeah. of con- country bungalow-ish type thing. And I'm like, I'm not a bungalow style kind of gal, though. No. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to be like, I feel like this house is going to ha- ask me, force me to be hipster preacher, but no. I don't want to go in that direction at all. And I just, so I just wondered how, how will, you manage it, so. I will come down there with a Sawzall and a paint roller. <laughs> and I will not allow you to live that way. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I kind of look at, and especially, there's also a difference between the exterior and the interior. So I feel like yeah. the exterior of the house, I'm residing it soon. And that's going to stay in line with like the farmy, farminess of it. Um, because 
if nothing else, I am a business lady. And yes. if this house is my retirement. Yeah. And when I sell this fucking thing, I want it to be like the exact kind of person who wants to live on a goth fucking farm. <laughs> Might not have like my sense of style, but yeah. wants to live on a fucking farm. So yeah. the exterior, I'll keep it farmy. Like, I don't mind that. I actually like that look. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but the interior, I do have a Jarvis Cocker poster in my hallway. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm hanging up all of my art wherever I fucking want. Yeah. Like, my friends do a bunch of art, so I've got all their art all over the place. Like, I painted yeah. my library black. Like, it is going to be my sensibility yeah. because there's a lot of shit that I feel like, well, if you like the outside of the house when I'm ready to sell, <laughs> which could be next week, I don't know. Um, yeah. If you like the outside of the house, you can make the inside whatever the fuck you want. I'm not messing with the structure of it. Like, the beams are, st are still there. Yeah. But... You might have to come in here and paint. And also, yeah. I kind of feel like I'm going to be living in it, so I have to make it mine. Like, I can't yes. think too much about the future of selling it or this. Like, I have to make it mine. Yeah. And that might mean I'm taking some doors down. It might mean I'm putting up some shelves. It might mean I'm, you know, reframing a fucking room. Yeah. Um, because I just, I refused I, I, I've never done this before, obviously. This is my first and last home that I will buy. Yeah. But I refuse to live in a space that is uncomfortable and then fix it right before I sell it. I know way too many people who have done that where they've been like, yeah. I hated this house for 20 years and now I'm doing all these improvements so I can sell it and I wish I had done this when I lived here. Right, right. Like I wish I'd made this kitchen for myself instead of for whoever's going to move in next. And I'm like, yeah, by the time it comes to selling your fucking house... People are going to come in there and bull bulldoze it anyway. <laughs> so, like, just, Literally. Yeah, like fix it for your fucking self. So yeah, yeah I am. I'm absolutely fixing it for myself um, yeah. with my style because I want to be comfortable in here. But thankfully, you know, some of the farmy stuff matches with what I like. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, you have really great style. Like your mm. both places that you lived in in L.A. were like extremely stylish and cozy and Thanks. comfortable and like i don't know kind of like 70s ish too which i really yeah. love like kind of have it like a 70s vibe it was really cute so thank you yeah i love a 70s art teacher look you know that exactly i love i love that too um but yeah buy, buy a place make it your fucking own you don't know how long you're going to be there and you don't want to get to the end of it and be like i wish i had taken this father john misty fucking <laughs> i don't even know the band but like I feel like there's so many modern folksy songs where there's so much whistling. Those whistling bands. <laughs> like, you don't want to live in a whistling band house for even five years, let alone five minutes. Like, I will come down there and help you fix it up however you want. And mild renovations are okay. I am a terrifying story because I jumped in with both feet to the most ridiculous property you could ever try to renovate. Yeah. I think you would be smarter than me. <laughs> i'm like sight unseen let's do this bitch and then i get here and i'm like oh no <laughs> yeah no i listen i i like i said i was talking about you so much the other day and i was like yeah she she's brave as shit i'm like i know that i'm a complete disaster like i'm already like i'm already having like chest pains even just talking to you about talking to a fucking realtor for five right. minutes like it was like <laughs> Like I'm already experiencing anxiety because I'm just it's such a big decision and I'm I, I have to like 
I need some not be as emotional and dramatic about it, honestly, because I just like my dad is like, whatever, like, it's your first house, like, you can sell it later, like if you want to. And I'm totally. just like, can I? And he's like, yes. Like, yes, yes, you can. So, I think yeah. it's a smart move. I think you're ready for it. And I think that you it's it is a, an anxiety filled decision for sure. Yeah. Um, but you can handle it. And I will help you. And you you do not have to worry about buying one of these like converted waffle houses and trying to make it cute. <laughs> like it will be cute. <laughs> I could live in a converted waffle house though, no lie. I mean, for real, that'd be the dream house. <laughs> it would be. Huge kitchen, ready for waffles. Twelve Fucking- waffle irons, <laughs> like just like, oh, this ben- is my waffle iron room. I don't know if you guys have one of these where you live but it's really good uh, i don't technically have rooms but i do have 14 booths and <laughs> three and then, of them <laughs> roll out into beds not, and just have fun with that and also here's an entire jukebox full of music about waffle house there you go <laughs> don't know where these songs would ever get a spin otherwise also, I can't believe so many songs were written about fucking Waffle House. That's hard to hard to believe. But oh, here Lord. they are. Here they are. And they're in my house now. And I refuse <laughs> to renovate. So it's going to look like this forever. Forever. But yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a big decision. But I'm glad you're jumping back in. I know you it, you jumped in at a scary time in the market where it was like, every, I literally got in right under the wire. Yeah. And as soon as I bought my house, it went insane. And everything yeah. was like, nobody could buy a house. There's Everyone's doing cash on the fucking spot and like there's 40 people deep for every piece of shit house out there like it was wild so i'm glad you're jumping back in i think you'll find something comfortable but just you know above all else i think the scariest part of renovations is living in it and finding someone you trust to help you with it and i think yeah that is a part of the process that i wish i took longer with yeah so i'm taking it sounds like you've got a good crew now I love yeah. I love a lady in there. So instantly that's made me feel better. And also, I would say, and this is completely unsolicited advice, but mm. if you are already thinking about buying something, start looking at contractors now. Start yeah. interviewing them. Think about what you want for the houses that you're looking at, and bring them with you to see if they can actually accomplish what you need. And get some, just get them to give you some. Some quotes, you can pay them for their time, but get them to give you some quotes just so that you know, like, oh, this man is insane. Like, he wants to charge me $70,000 for a 20-foot bathroom. Yeah. Uh, An additional issue here specifically is that I know a lot of dudes that I used to hang out with in my 20s who are now contractors. Oh, And damn. they're all dirtbags. Like, they're yep. all dirtbags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, these guys are, like, fucking... They've been hitting the bottle since birth. And they were all <sighs> in fucking dirty punk rock bands. And now they all just do general contracting shit. So yep. the minute I go out there and try... They're going to be like, hey, I'll do that shit for you. Yeah, uh, man, I'll give uh, you a fucking deal. And then, like, 10 years later, I finally get, like, a sink replaced. Exactly. And that is that is the resist. Truly, that is the thing to resist. Because everyone out there is going to be like, I can do that for you for five bucks. You don't want the $5 guy. 
<laughs> you want to spend more for the $70 guy who will actually fucking do it. Who like treats it as a job and a profession instead of just like, I guess I'll put, I guess I'll do this today. Yeah. Uh-uh. The second, the second contractor I hired after I fired the first fuck was that way where he was like, I don't really have time on the schedule for you, but like you don't have, cause I hired the second one to finish the job that the first one did poorly at, or yeah. didn't finish at all. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't really have sk- time, but like I can, I can fit you in. Should have said no right away, but I was yeah. desperate. I was yeah. desperate. Cause I'm like, I got to get my grandma in here. Yeah. And so I said yes. And then all of a sudden it was, well, I don't know. I got, don't. And he kept telling me, don't get stressed out, man. Like, you're stressing me out. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm stressed because my grandma's going to be here next fucking week. Yeah. And you're supposed to be in here put, doing shit. Like, not just painting, but like, you have to install the shower bench. You have to, like, do shit for yeah. her to be here comfortably. And I already gave notice on her apartment. She will be here. Oh, don't stress me out, man. And I'm like, yeah, you need to be stressed. This is yeah. the thing. Like, well, how dare you? What job gives you the right to be like, I don't want to be stressed out? Yeah. Well, then fucking do your work. Well, and that's why that's what made you go out there and fucking buy your own drywall and fucking yeah. buy all these power tools because you were like, this shit ain't happening. Like, exactly. I, I got to go out there and do all this stuff myself, which is crazy because you're paying somebody, you know? Yeah. And he acted in he acted like I was insane. Yeah. To give him a deadline. And I'm like, yeah. I gave you a deadline that was four months in the future and you couldn't figure out in four months how to get here for a week. That is not a good sign. And you, if you didn't have the time, you should have just told me no, but you got greedy. And he acted like I was insane when I fired him, too. He's like, well, I, I thought we had a good relationship. And I'm like, no, we don't, because you didn't do what, I, what I'm paying you to do. Oh, my God. I don't care if you like me as a person yeah. or if I like you as a person. The relationship lives and ends on, did you do the fucking job I hired you to do? And you didn't. Dude, it always goes back to the common phrase, hell is other people. Always always. true. Never, never a lie. Always. Insane. But I trust you. You can do it. You're going to buy a house. It's going to be perfect. And if it's not absolutely perfect and it needs small things, you can handle it. Just do not do what I did and buy a goddamn farm (laughs) in the middle of nowhere where your only choice for contractors are absolute dirtbags. <laughs> you at least live in a city. Like, you can get, like, an agency in there if you needed to. Like, you can get, like, a professional crew. I don't know, though. I mean, like, these city prices, that it ain't, look, it ain't looking good for me. I might be but out there... in the fucking country, too. <laughs> who knows? Well, look, there are definitely people in Atlanta who, like, build film sets. They could definitely insulate your house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in their spare time. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that here, so that's good. All right, so we got mailbag. Duh. That's what we do here on these bonus episodes. Um, We got some good shit this time. This one is amazing, I have to say. Yeah, I really, really love... There's so many good questions, but I really love this one. Yes. And, um, you know, it's not always a given. You said duh, but it's not always a given that we're going to read mail on the mailbag episodes anymore. That last episode, I think we went like an hour before we even got to one letter. And then we were exhausted. We're like, should we read one? The jury's out <laughs> on whether or not that was actually a good idea. Um, but, I, you but know. this time, we're going to stick true to form. We're going to read some letter. <laughs> yeah. I will say, just as, as, as in our defense, 
you know, both of us have been really, really busy, and I don't think we had caught up in a couple yes. days. And that when that happens, guess what? It's just guess like what? us, like gabbing about subjects, flying through fucking subjects. So absolutely, this is why we we can't go too long without just just sending a toxic Avenger photo. <laughs> That is so true. The most beautiful toxic Avenger photo I've ever seen. And you you started that. You sent me that photo. And it has been my constant favorite every once in a while to just trade that photo back and forth. (laughs) Like, sir, (laughs) sir, just one question. Why are you stunning? (laughs) Casey, you got to look up uh, this picture of the toxic Avenger holding a baby. And you'll understand what we're talking about. It, it, he looks beautiful, like beautiful teeth, beautiful eyes. For a toxic Avenger, I was like, you look great, dude. What's your for, secret? Look, we've all been out in these streets in 2022. For a regular man, he looks fine. <laughs> regular men out here are looking fucking grisly. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, um, let me let me read this letter before yeah, I start offending more more huge <laughs> swaths of the population. Um, <laughs> the subject of this email, which I love, is Creep Lifetime Achievement Awards. <laughs> Hi, Millie and Danielle. One night while my husband and I were having dinner, we started talking about how in order to revitalize the Oscars, they should add some niche categories. Yes. Our favorite category that we came up with was Creep of the Year. For example, Ted Levine in Silence of the Lambs, the guy that played Baron Harkonnen in the 1984 version of Dune. (laughs) Then we posed the question, who could win a Creep Lifetime Achievement Award? This award would go to someone who is always a creep, no matter what role they're playing. Some names we came up with were David Patrick Kelly, Eric Roberts, and James Spader. So my question to you or what would you choose as a niche category for the Oscars? And who has your vote for the Creep Lifetime Achievement Award? Love you both so much. Stephanie, she, her. First and foremost, I want in on this marriage. Yes! These, Stephanie and her husband are having the most goddamn fun. I want in on these conversations. I absolutely love, it just made me roll laughing to think about you guys sitting around having dinner talking about how to revitalize the Oscars with a Creep Lifetime Achievement Award. Listen, I, I no lie, wish that I could find a love this pure. Like, this is... Truly. This is forever. This, they, are, <laughs> they are going to be together forever if they keep on this level. I love it. I didn't realize there was actually two questions pe- I know. tucked in. I know. So, the, niche, mm. the niche category I didn't think of because I was so focused on the Creep Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we can do the second one first. Yeah. So I want to know your picks right now. I need to know. So Creep Lifetime Achievement, it was harder than you think because Stephanie already named two of my faves, which would be Ted Levine and James Spader. James Spader, for sure, would get the Creep yeah. Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, yeah. But Eric Roberts thought... was perfect, by the way. That would have been oh. my choice had she not picked it absolutely every role just like oh there there's that son of a bitch (laughs) i love it but then i thought you know who and this is might be a little out there because it doesn't necessarily mean that and he's a creep in every role but i think it's true to the question someone who is always a creep no matter what role they're playing and i think udo kier would be at the top of my list yeah like always a creep yeah, he's he's definitely a gentleman pervert, bare yeah. minimum. 
bare, bare minimum a gentleman pervert, if not an outright creep. Absolutely. And it does not matter if he's in a Madonna music video or a fucking some Italian creep film. He's always a creep. He's got the creep face. Shit, when he came up in the uh, Eve and uh, Gwen Stefani, let me blow your mind video, I was like, well, here we go. They brought in <laughs> the big guns for this. Because they had to go, they had to go traipsing through that fucking fancy weird party, the rich party, and yes. I'm like, who do you get to be the host of that party? Creepy ass Udakir. That's who you. Who are you fucking calling for that? Always. <laughs> and also, I think, and maybe this is just because I got Roadhouse on the mind because we watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I think Ben Gazzara. Oh fuck yeah! Right? Yeah. Top of oh, the list. Of creep. He's. He's terrifying. Like, yeah. I forgot about Anatomy of a Murder. Like, when we did yeah. that episode, I was like, yo, fucking had Anatomy of a Murder. I forgot about him and that shit. Like, he looks like he would kill you. Like, yes. at all times. Like, in line at a grocery store, if you bump into him, he would turn around and kill you without even asking your name or saying, yeah. excuse me. He is a scary fucking dude. So those are my top two. Okay. I have three. I love it. Okay. I'm just going to throw these out there. I feel like on the on par with Udo Kier, Willem Dafoe. Oh. Uh. And and that's simply because his early roles were so creepy that even if he was in a fucking grandpa role, like whenever he's like now he shows up in movies and he's like grandpa. Uh, like sometimes like unhoused grandpa. That's like <laughs> who he plays now. But like he, I mean, Bobby Peru... That that role alone cements him Absolutely. as a lifetime achievement. So him, I also went for Crispin Glover. Oh, uh, kind of the same. I mean, the fucking is it the same movie? Is it is it Wild at Heart where he has the cockroaches in his underwear? Is that the uh, same movie? God, yeah. Just uh, always, just always a creep. Even when he's playing fucking, and he's in Back to the Future, I'm like, yeah. Even in his creep. most beloved role, he's weird. Bare, bare minimum. Uh, um. So those two, I think, are all timers. Someone who's maybe like a little bit newer to the game, maybe needs like another like ten years to really like marinate, get those juices soaked in. Michael Shannon. Oh no, he's he's up there. I think he's up there. <laughs> okay. He's already, yeah, he's hit it. I think in 10 years, he's going to be fucking terrifying. Yeah. But he is already creep lifetime achievement status for me. Yeah. And listen, this this is absolutely no shade to any of these people. They are all awesome. Like, I oh. fucking love these actors. Completely. Um, but are they fucking creepy dirtbags? Yes. They should get an achievement award for it. Yes. And I, I am, I, this also made me think, are there any lady creeps? Are there any women who would get the creep lifetime achievement award? And you know what? The only one I could think of Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Have you seen 3000 years of solitude yet? No, no. 3000 years of longing. Cut that. What is it called? 3000 years 3, of longing? Is it 3000 years of slave or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm matching up all kinds of shit. Like, it's got to be slave, right? <laughs> Tilda Swinton, 3,000 years of slave. <laughs> it's 3,000 
thousand years of longing, but I swear to God, I wish it was three thousand years of sleep. And starring Tilda Swinton. <laughs> I just saw that like two nights ago. I I really want your opinion on that movie because okay, I'm gonna say this right now. It's a fantasy film, and I kind of enjoyed it. <gasps> well, then I ha- okay. This is worth me going back to the movies for. Yeah. This could be my first film back from the pandemic. Yeah. It, but like her role in that movie, I gotta say, it, it was kind of creepy. Even though she her character was supposed to have been this like kind of sad and forlorn, like single woman. <laughs> like this like <laughs> speaks speaks to me directly. Like her vibe. She's like, oh, I'm just I just work all the time and I have no husband and no kids. And <laughs> I have a hard time Ah! connecting to others uh, who couldn't relate to that, right? But, like, there was a moment where I think that it gets a little creepy. So you might be right about that. I think no matter what she's doing, she's bringing a little creep factor to the role. Yeah. You know who's good, though? A female creep? Amanda Plummer. Oh, yeah. Because her voice does not match anything that's ever happening in a scene like the the voice alone brings it to a creep factor someplace sometimes i fucking saw i saw freeway have oh, you ever seen that movie shit. with yeah. reese witherspoon and benicio del toro is that the same one it's Kiefer sutherland Kiefer sutherland yes yes yeah so it really got me thinking about amanda Plummer because she's in that film First of all, that icon. movie is fucking wild. Like, yeah. like it's almost like I want to talk about it, but I feel like it's like too advanced level for some people. Like, I think for our podcast, it's like one of those movies. Freeway. <laughs> it's it's a little. It's a lot. I think it's Let's actually. Put it in. It's. I think it's kind of amazing. Um, Let's but, make a theme. We'll put it in. Uh, but Amanda Plummer, I was like, yo, she is a. She is always weird in every role. Always, always. a creep uh iconic it's iconic yeah she's an iconic female creep so i think we found two we found two i'm sure there are i love it there are probably more but those are the tops the tops the top two for me in lady creeps and men are inherently more creepy which is why there are more male creeps yes but listen i would definitely marry and move in with all of them i would i would live with all of them i would be life partners with any person we just mentioned so absolutely you you would live in a castle with udo kier and like have one of those like every statue would pee from a weird place like not their genitalia like why is the statue peeing from its armpit god i can only imagine living with crispin glover is like living with dracula holy shit like i I actually think he owns property in transylvania or some weird shit like that i'd be like okay am i moving in with like the jim rose sideshow circus I guess All I remember happening. is a, like decades ago reading an article about Crispin Glover, like an interview with him. And the journalist went to his house and right off the bat, they were like, there are just wax eyeballs everywhere or something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, oh, hell, or like diseased wax eyeballs. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. We just talked about my style, which is like farmhouse and modern. Like, I can't be rolling with like I turn a corner and there's a fucking wax disease eyeball looking at me. I can't live like that. I mean, it's like it's, it goes back to what I was saying, like on one of these earlier episodes. I mean, it's like a guy like that. You're like, does he play team trivia every week? Right. Like, is he normal at all? Is it always just like super high key goth fucking living? Can can we like, yeah, 
you know, have a fucking frozen burrito for dinner one night. Has like, he ever purchased milk? <laughs> Does he go to know. Home Depot at all? Just for things? I don't know. I so one, of the, like, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, unintentionally funny things, was in LA and I went to Home Depot, uh, the one in West Hollywood, and I saw Bill Burr leaving in like a green Jaguar from Home Depot with like shit, like wood and shit hanging out the back. And I'm like, this is the most LA thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm bringing my Jaguar, my green Jaguar to Home Depot. Like if Crispin Glover ever went, it would be like that. Like he would show up in the fuck in a fucking jalopy, like one of those <laughs> crank cars that you have to like hand crank to get it going. And then he put like a mini fridge in the fucking passenger seat. He'd be like, I'm just buying a toilet seat because I, I, bro- I broke it. Oh, my God. This is now, such an incredible question. It but- truly is. And the niche category for the Oscars, I, I will put more effort into thinking about that. But the only one that I can even come up with a little, the only one I can even come come up with in a, in, under, in a crunch, in a pinch, is um, Pete a Little, where a movie is like, not just a comedy, but like unintentionally so funny that you almost pee your pants. <laughs> like it's not supposed to be funny, but it is. Yeah, I, I, God, I, I always want like niche categories for Oscars being like, yeah, stuff like who was the weirdest crier of the year, or like you yes. know, like somebody like who had like. A fucking like who had the worst accent yes. of the year. You Give know, like Oscar that kind of that. stuff. Like I need I need something like very specific, but also like stuff that would make us laugh. Cause some Completely. of these are kind of a snooze, if you know what I mean. Best director? I mean, who cares? Who cares? Unless you get a more more of a variety of director in there. Yeah. Make it harder to guess who's gonna win. Who cares about direct? Oh my gay. So, oh my gay. <laughs> Did I say oh my gay? <laughs> oh my gay. Uh, I'm, I'm slipping back into this Irish accent again. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Uh, up again. Um, Have you watched Leprechaun lately? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I need to immediately. Um, we have a fucking okay. We have this like fuck Mary kill that we have to do. Oh um, yeah, but th- Stephanie, thank you for your question. Before we move on, like definitely oh. thank you. That was a fucking incredible question. Incredible relationship. Send us more of your niche categories and Oscar niche categories. Yeah, it's just the type of thought thought experiment that we fucking love. So thank you, <laughs> Stephanie. Um, so this fuck Mary kill question is is great uh it comes directly from one of our episodes which um it is it it looks like a joke but it actually does have real life implications so we have to answer correctly so it's from xena and xena writes hello best podcasters fuck mary kill urban cowboy midnight cowboy and drugstore cowboy (laughs) love it oh god i love this question so much zita thank you for sending this in incredible and i millie you gotta go first i gotta know i gotta know okay right off the top of the dome i would marry uh, let's go in the order that it's written fuck mary kill right i would fuck urban cowboy 
I would okay. marry Midnight Cowboy and I would kill Drugstore Cowboy. <gasps> How are you killing Drugstore Cowboy? Okay, explain. Explain okay. if you can, if you can. Okay. Urban Cowboy, as we discussed in the episode that we did, would be real fun in a threesome with Jerry Hall, but mm-hmm. trying to marry Urban Cowboy? No, thank you. It's too, no. it's too crazy for me at this point in my life. Okay. I'm trying to get at Stephanie's level. If I go out with, you know, Urban Cowboy and try to wrestle him into commitment, that's not going to work. So Midnight Cowboy, I would marry Midnight Cowboy. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, do you really want to get on that life? Do you really want that life? And I'm like, I don't know. There's something very earnest about Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Like the John Boy character has a positivity that is just so charming. And I would be like, yeah, that's that's marriage material. Yeah. Right? I mean, you do have to hang out with Ratso for a little while. I don't want to do that. We'd have to figure that part out for sure. Because <laughs> that guy don't like brush his teeth or wash his clothes and he smells. That's um, the friend that comes to your house, sleeps on the couch and doesn't leave for two months. Yes. But if we if we can get rid of him, well, I think we could maybe, we have a long-term potential. Now, Drugstore Cowboy, I just couldn't. I could not foresee marrying or fucking drugstore cowboy and so he had to go he had to go he had to be killed i appreciate the 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 thought (laughs) given um deeply uh i agree with some of it oh i have a little bit of a difference let's hear it let's hear it little bit of a different answer um i would fuck midnight cowboy Mm mm-hmm I would marry Drugstore Cowboy. <laughs> and I would kill Urban Cowboy. We were completely different. I don't know why you thought we we, we didn't meet at any point. At any point whatsoever. So you gotta explain there's, yourself. There's no overlap. There's no overlap. Drugstore yeah. Cowboy um, is so broken. Like, so broken as a person. Mm. Um, but I feel like it would be kind of fun because like James LeGro would be there sometimes and Max Perlick would be there sometimes. Okay. Okay. Got it. So I feel like it'd be like, if if, Drugstore Cowboy would be like a real marriage. Like you're going through some shit. Yes. Yes. And that could be a little bit of a bleak outlook from my own personal experience, but I feel like that is the most real marriage. And maybe that isn't the, the perspective I should have taken for this game, but that is where I went. Um, Fuck Midnight Cowboy because he's got some moves. He's learned some shit out sure. in the streets. Of course. It'd be a good time. Like you said, he's positive. He's, you know, why not? And I would fuck him because I wouldn't want to hang out with Ratso for like more than a minute. <laughs> so I don't think he deserves his eye, but I can't hang out with his friends. Yeah. And Urban Cowboy, I would kill simply because anyone puts their fucking, fa- their fucking hands on me, he's got to go. See, yeah. And that, it's real. it was really tough. Um, but I understand also, the, the urge to fuck Urban Cowboy. I understand that. Well, and also, too, now that I'm thinking about it, this is deeply disturbing because uh, there has been like a continuing theme throughout these fuck Mary kills for me, which is that I always want to get like revenge fucks on like either deeply preppy jock types or like misogynists, like evil misogynists. Yes! And I don't know why I need to do that. I don't know why I need that revenge. You know? I think these fuck Mary kills are uncovering layers for both of us. Oh my god. Like why am I marrying drugstore cowboy? Yeah. 
That's I remember fucked. when we did the Rolex one, you were like, you would fucking fuck Rolex? And I'm like, why wouldn't I? And you were like, you need to go to therapy. And then like two days later, I was thinking about that shit being like, yeah, man, that is fucking weird. What does that say about me? You, you love a revenge fuck. And you know what? Props. Props for knowing yourself. Nothing wrong with that. You don't want to marry these fuckers. You don't want to stay with them forever. You just want to get a little revenge and get out. I I get it. I want to wear my, you know, Bob wig and ride up on my motorcycle like my. <laughs> I can't. I don't know why. I swear to God, this started out as a as a as a fun little game, and look what's happened. <laughs> now we're both having to go to therapy every day. Oh Lord! Look, if you had said, if you have. If you started telling me you wanted to marry the revenge fucks, then we'd have problems. I think it's fine to have a revenge fuck fan like mindset. Sure. For these games. If you're sure. like, oh, I want to marry Urban Cowboy, I'd be like, girl, we gotta talk. I know, I know, I know. That was fun though. That was crazy. And I thank you so much. That's a that's a really good one. I'm really excited to have answered that one. Um, so we got like one last question. I think that's all the time we have for, unfortunately. Um so we actually, this is actually a physical letter we got in the mail. So it's very exciting. This is from a listener named Laura in Philly. And uh, she writes, Dear Danielle, Millie, and the rest of the crew who make I Saw What You Did a reality. As a film lover, video gamer, and general nerd, I've spent most of my life as the tomboy of an all-male friend group. Most of my film school education was conducted by white men in classes full of guys while listening to film podcasts entirely from the cis dude perspective. I've spent so long surrounded by male opinions that I began to pride myself on being one of the guys. It wasn't until a friend recommended your show that I truly experienced female-led film discussion, and it was such a surprise to hear perspectives more in line with my own life experiences. Don't ask me why, but I gasped when I heard Millie say the words Criterion on Blu-ray, another woman talking about physical media? And don't get me started about now knowing another bird-loving Aries is out there. This former Wild Birds Unlimited employee delights in the stories of Millie's bird exploits. It is such a blast to hear both of your infectious giggles every week and constantly discover new films never once mentioned on these other podcasts. Thank you for your stories and thoughtful assessments. Love, Laura in Philly. P.S. I don't know either how either of you feel about Philadelphia. I know people have opinions about the city, but as a thank you for the, all the laughs and movie recommendations, I wanted to send along some silly stickers from my friend's Philly-themed souvenir store. We got them. They're so cute. P.P.S. Could there ever be an I Saw What You Did Discord? Laura, first, your handwriting's impeccable. I love this letter. I love your stationery. Me too. Speaks to the heart of me. Um, I fucking love Philadelphia. Everyone there is a stone freak in the best possible way. <laughs> I've never met a person from Philly that I didn't instantly love. I think I've been on record saying I'm totally terrified of Philadelphia. And so I respect, <laughs> I respect and love all of you. You're all wonderful people. And I will never say anything bad about you. I love Philly. I love Philly so much. It's a beautiful city. It's a weird city. It's a, it's a homegrown city um, that keeps its, its, identity strong 
And it is, again, just full of absolute stone freaks who I love on sight. So that was fantastic. Um, Thank you for everything you said so kindly about the podcast. I think it's easy for us to forget that we are a dot in a sea of white male cisness and (laughs) cishetness and um, that people actually respond to what we're saying just as, you know, as people who love movies. And it's great to hear that. Um, From my perspective, I think there could not ever be an I saw what you did Discord because I do not know what Discord is. I had to look it up. <laughs> I, I am very old you didn't. <laughs> I barely know what it is, to be honest. Um, I am a very old lady. Somebody once suggested in a group that I had on Slack, someone suggested like moving it to Discord. And I was like, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> like, I gotta go. I can't do anything new here. Goodbye. <laughs> so... One of my favorite podcasts, which is called Fart House, has a Discord. And um, I, that is literally like between that podcast and this other, this other thing that's related to weightlifting. That's the only two times I've ever been on Discord. Um, I'm still kind of unclear about how it works. I, here's what I'll say about the Discord thing. Do we have to manage it? Because if y'all just started, far be it from me to tell you to not to engage with each other. But I don't know how to manage things yeah. um, on the internet very well. <laughs> well, this is, this is also part of it. I feel like if someone else does manage it, are we responsible in some way for what shit goes on there? Shit that goes on there? Yeah, like what if everybody's sending each other spongebob bdsm porn i don't know like are we supposed to be involved with that i don't know and what if that's what discord is for because again i don't know what it is <laughs> i think it, it feels sort of like slack there does feel like it's like a, a a message board almost it feels like and then it gets broken up by subjects hmm. um there seems to be like moderators but i don't know who picks the moderators um i don't yeah, know see i'm out i'm out we might need to research this further because you're talking to two old ladies that don't know shit about fuck. So it's like a, one of those things where you're just like, okay, well, we're going to have to figure this out. But like I said, I mean, the thing, the thing that I think is really fun is when, you know, if you guys are all about like gathering in the name of the podcast, like, I don't know, that's kind of sweet. And like, you know, like our Facebook is a weird, perfect example of that. Cause it's like, are, are like are the people that are on our Facebook like comment on stuff and then they talk to each other and I, like sometimes I'll like Aww. pop in there and look at that and go that's kind of fucking cool like I don't know it's kind of nice like in that way because shit that's how you and I met Danielle we met on live journal so it's like yeah. I don't know sometimes you meet nice people because of things like this but you know in terms of like starting it or managing it hell no I'm out mm. Mm. Well, also, I, I, I will not start or manage it. I will not ever make an appearance. <laughs> and I just deactivated my Twitter account and locked down my Instagram. So you are yeah. talking to someone who is actively backing away from the internet in general. <laughs> so you're, I don't like, know. you're like the Casey O'Brien of uh, our Discord, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, just saying, when, when it comes to the fart house, I don't see Casey on it at all. Yeah. So you'd be like the Casey of the of the Discord if we had one. And look, Hi- Casey's got a good... Casey's got a good ass life. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. 
Casey had a good ass <laughs> life. Our producer Casey has a great life. I would not mind that. I I am actively becoming a person who uses the internet less and less. I think is a failed experiment. Yeah. And social media, especially, is a failed experiment. But as Millie points out, I cannot deny that I have several close friends in real life that I met online. And if you guys want to talk a place to talk about the pod, you know, far be it for me to say no, as long as we're not legally responsible or liable for anything and you don't ever expect me to make an appearance, then that's fine. Yeah, and a big caveat being you're only allowed to say nice things about us. You have to basically say that we're beautiful and interesting and kind and sweet. Like, that's... You could start a Discord all day if that were the case. Um, no, I'm kidding. I don't know. Like, I don't know about internet it's, stuff, so I don't know. If we'll you have to fill it with, it. if you fill it with "fuck Mary kill" questions for us to read on the bonus episodes, go for it. Yeah. Well, listen, um, Laura, thank you so much for your handwritten letter. I think that's incredibly sweet that you took the time to write <laughs> with your handwriting uh, and stationery and and mail it to us. But you know, we'll have to. We'll need to put a pin on this Discord idea. I'm curious as to, I need to, I need to find out more info. So, I appreciate. Millie's going to do her famous research deep dive and come back with the history of. She'll be like, "Look, here's what I found out about everyone who started Discord. This is where this one was born. This is where they went to elementary school. This is the first fight they ever got in. For all 900 people that started Discord, and then she'll be like, "I think it's a no." <laughs> Well, yes, I, I will. Fo- once I, you know, follow my instinct as a deeply broken person to research things into the night. Yes, I <laughs> will come out the other side and maybe we can actually figure this out. But in the meantime, we're putting a pin in it. We'll see what happens. Excellent. Sound good. OK, I love it. All Thank right, you Daniel. for writing to us, Laura. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for writing to us. Write to us more. Send us more questions. I like it. I like these, uh, these fuck, Mary kills are always super duper fucking fun. Love the whole, like, you know, Oscars category question. Um, weird film questions like that are really, really fun to answer. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, please, please send us more mail. Um, we're at, I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on our social media at I saw pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to send us mail to our P.O. box, that is where our P.O. box is listed on our link tree in our Instagram account. Yes, for sure. All the information that you could ever want about us is on that link tree pretty much. So you don't need to go do your own research. It's right there for you. It's right there. Yeah. Danielle, always a fucking pleasure to do this podcast with you. It literally is the highlight of my day. Truly could not wait to talk to you tonight and this was so much fun thank you all for listening for paying for wondery plus so you can listen uh and look i'm i'm sweating i'm in the sweat closet the, the pod co- closet is hot that means i've been talking up a storm yes and it's a good time to bounce all right see y'all later thank you so much <laughs> Bye. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production, produced and mixed by Casey O'Brien. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel, artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod, and you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail.
follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.